Warning. The following episode contains content that may be harmful or traumatizing for some listeners. Themes, references, and retellings may include, but are not limited to, self-harm, suicide, domestic violence, sexual assault, childhood trauma, and various mental health diagnosis. Please be mindful of these and other possible triggers and seek professional mental health assistance if needed. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and welcome to episode two of Mental Health Unfiltered. Today, I'll be talking about overcoming obstacles with a special guest who is a mother, business owner, and someone who struggled with chronic illness for approximately 10 years. I'd like to welcome to the show my loving wife, Rebecca Duncan. So thank you for coming on, darling. My pleasure. I am so honoured to be your first guest. I am so excited about this podcast. I don't think anyone understands how excited I am. (laughs) I honestly just can't wait to hear what you have planned and the conversations that you're going to be having with people. Yeah, look, and you know how much I appreciate that. Like, I I genuinely could not be doing this and, and none of this would be possible without you sort of backing me and and push me along, you know. So, yeah, it's it's really good to have you on. So, for those listening at home that obviously don't know you and don't know us, did you want to give them kind of a rundown, a, a little little bit of a rundown about you and kind of... Sure. So, I'm Beck. I am a business owner. Uh, I run a home business uh, called Beck's Beauty, doing beauty and nails, basically. Um, I've been doing it for three years now, actually over three years. Yeah, it'd be close to four, 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 four and a half years. It was my COVID child. (laughs) Yeah. COVID definitely didn't, didn't hurt it. (laughs) I think that kind of... It hurt it a little bit. Look, I think considering where it could have been having started it, weeks if not months before COVID happened I think you've kind of really pulled through and and turned a potential flop into something that I would call successful so I know you hate that word but (laughs) hey look you know you you get up every day and and you've got regular clients so it's just my intrusive thoughts telling me that I'm not successful 100% so I suppose we can we let's go back a little bit further than that then um so obviously you know you, you've had to kind of start your own home business and whatnot but kind of what led you to that so just before covid started i injured my back making my daughter's bed of all things mm-hmm. bunk beds am i right people so I had a bulging disc uh, and found it really hard to work. I was working in a salon, um, in a nail salon. Um, And yeah, I was working in a nail salon and couldn't really do what I used to be able to do and as fast as I used to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I then had a, or didn't have a, I was involved in a car accident where someone hit my car from behind, um, which exacerbated my injuries and basically made it so that I couldn't work in the salon anymore. I couldn't stand. I couldn't do anything, really. It was just too painful. Mm. Yeah, I remember seeing 
you struggle with that quite a lot. Like I know that had a massive impact on your mental health and um Definitely. Yeah. I um ended up walking with a walking stick at thirty two. Um which wasn't a, a great look being in the salon, hobbling around with a, a walking stick. Mm. Was quite a sight for some people. Absolutely. So how did you then kind of cope with that? Like obviously I've I've seen the struggles and the triumphs and more struggles and more triumphs but um so what, what was that kind of like for you though having living through that like what was your kind of thought processes and effects on your mental health side of things so thought processes got a little dark there for a while mm-hmm. um basically again being a 32 year old using a walking stick isn't where i wanted my life to be um i didn't feel like i could be the best parent that I could be I couldn't get on the floor and play with my daughter I couldn't sit on the floor and read to her I kind of just had to sit in a chair and Mm. be there Mm. yeah definitely and so again I I suppose I've, I've seen a lot of this side of it but how how do you cope like how did you get through that honestly it's it's taken a lot to get through that. I'd say it's taken me almost four years to kind of come to terms with the fact that this is my life now. Mm. Um, I kind of run with it now. If people want to stare at me and look at me funny, it's on them. I now walk with a walking frame sometimes, uh, depending if I'm having a bad day. Um, I also have been in another car accident since then, which exacerbated it again, uh, which has then led to me having a a slight case of PTSD when I'm in a car um, and I'm not the driver. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of freak out a little bit when I'm not in control. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really is that kind of like intrusive anxieties and that, I suppose loss of not not so much loss of con- like self-control but loss of um confidence yeah and and sort of within Definitely. yourself and within the world and kind of you know like always kind of expecting the worst i guess yeah i'm always waiting for that next worst thing to happen mm. yeah it's it's really crappy place to be some days yeah some days it's it's a pretty scary place to be mm. Even still now. Yeah. So I guess a big thing for me was um, that you've just said is, or not just said, but a big thing for me you've said just earlier is that you've kind of lived with chronic illness for over 10 years. Yep. So what does that kind of look like for you? So basically it started with a diagnosis that I still struggle to talk about. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, of CML, which for those of you who don't know. Take your time. Um, For those of you who don't know, is a type of blood cancer. Um, I still find it quite hard to talk about sometimes. Sure. Even though it's been 11 years. Um, But yeah, it kind of all started with that. Um... And the medication that I was on for that uh, for a very long time 
Um, I was on the medication for about eight years, um, which gave me arthritis prematurely. Mm-hmm. Um, at 30, I was losing control of my hands and was dropping things and, again, couldn't work. Yeah. Um, it also, not a lot of people know this, but it also took part of my hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I now wear hearing aids at 33. Yeah. Um, but I rock them like no tomorrow. Uh, me and my bionic ears, as some of my friends call them. Um, yeah, so it kind of started there and it was a bit of a, a snowball from then. Yeah. So how did you discover the that you needed hearing aids? <laughs> Well, it was actually my darling husband. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> who, me? Who constantly was telling me that I wasn't listening. <laughs> but I actually, in fact, wasn't hearing what was being said to me. Very different definitions, <laughs> <laughs> as we have discovered. But yes, because of that, I found out that I actually have the hearing of about a 50 to 60 year old. Yeah. And I suppose for those who don't know what that means, what are some things that we've discovered that you weren't hearing at one stage or another? Um, so the thing that I found the most amazing was <laughs> when I put them on for the first time in the audiologist's office and I was putting the payment through and doing all that, I heard the FPOS machine print out a receipt (laughs) and I hadn't heard that noise for a good two, three years. I thought they stopped making that noise, but apparently they didn't ever stopped making that noise. I just couldn't hear it. Yeah, no, we we definitely didn't get that advanced. And uh, yeah, there's there's a few photos of my face and how shocked I was (laughs) at uh, being able to hear that noise. Just that, that simple little noise just made such a difference. Mm. You know, it was definitely a good, um, it's definitely a good feeling and, and good time seeing you light up like that again. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I'd seen that for a little while, particularly like, you know, as, as you touched on before with the diagnosis and the struggles and the arthritis and the car accidents and, you know, sort of everything else that had happened to us at that stage. Yeah. So it was, I think... For me, it was it was really amazing to see that little win. I felt like a little kid again. It was awesome. <laughs> you definitely looked like it. Yeah, it was cool. So, obviously, I won't touch too much on the um, CML. Um, but I guess a big thing that I kind of want to dive into, if you're up for it, yeah. is the ramifications that that kind of had on your actual mental health specifically around like struggling and you know potential um not so much i guess suicidal ideation and anything like that but more just that how did you not sit there and go fuck it (laughs) like why am i bothering what's the point yeah so on and so forth so when i was first diagnosed um my daughter was only 11 months old. So I 
was struggling with that. And honestly, without my mum and dad, I honestly wouldn't be able to get through it. Yeah. Um, Shout out mum and dad. Yes, mum and dad. Um, and my family, to be honest. They're amazing. Um, it's still, obviously, you can hear, still messes with me yeah, daily. Um, and I kind of have that, why me? Mm-hmm. Why then? Why when I had an 11-month-old? Why was that the time that it needed to come into my life? Why couldn't it be when I was 80 or 90 and didn't really need to do anything anymore? Sure. Um, I kind of have the attitude of there's no point crying about it. It's not going to change what's happening. Yeah. Yes, it sucks. Yes, I do still cry sometimes, but crying all the time isn't going to help me move forward. Yes, it helps sometimes when I'm feeling low, but the thing that helps me overcome, I guess, the obstacles that keep getting thrown at me are having a positive attitude and surrounding myself with positive people Mm. and talking about it, honestly. Yeah, I think that's, that's a big point, I suppose, I want to focus on is that speaking up. I mean, I covered it quite a bit in my last episode. So um, for those of you who haven't heard that, definitely go back and, and kind of have a listen to that because that pretty much is, for the lack of a better word, my mission statement. Why we're doing this, yeah. where we're at, what next, so on and so forth. But anyway, um, I suppose a big thing that I want to I wanna kind of dive into is... Um, your, I suppose, as you said, that, that reaching out, the talking, the speaking up, yep, that kind of thing. So for you, where was that kind of trigger of, I'm not okay, I need to reach out? And yep. when you did reach out, how did you reach out? Who did you reach out to? Like, what does that kind of look like for you? So I've had a few kind of moments of needing to reach out, I guess. Yeah. Um, the first one was when a few other things happened in my life before I met you, mm-hmm. um, which I'm happy to go into in another episode because that's a whole nother episode. Yeah, cool. Um, but that first time I was having the ideations of there's a tree there that looks great. Maybe I'll ran my car into it. Yeah. Maybe that'll fix my problem. Um, and then feeling guilty for having those thoughts and thinking about my daughter and what would happen to her and kind of I just woke up one day and went, I, I'm sick of feeling like this. Mm. Went to my GP and had a bit of a cry to her and, yeah, we kind of started my mental health plan from there mm-hmm. um, and then fast forward a few years to when life was kind of great, to be honest. Um, and then life threw another lemon at me with the car accident and uh, it kind of snowballed there for a bit and I tried to suppress it. Um, yeah. But again, it came to the point where I woke up one day and went, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Yeah. So again, went back to my GP and said, this is how I'm feeling again. And again, we did my mental health plan and I went and spoke to a few people 
thought I was better and took myself off my medication, which I really shouldn't have done. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, started finding myself snapping at people. Um, In what way? Just being really irritable, I guess. Um, just to silly little things like someone slamming a cupboard too loud or mm. not picking up their feet when they walk. I just kind of wanted to turn around and go, pick your feet up. <laughs> um, yep. So, yeah, went back to the doctors again and got my script back. Um, and then when it came to the um, like the cancer side of things, like I still, again, I find it hard to talk about it, but I am looking into support groups for that because – I'm obviously not dealing as well that, than what I would hope to deal with it. Um, yeah. And that's the kind of obstacle that I want to overcome next is being able to talk about it without crying. Mm. Um, so I can reach more people and go, well, like, you're not in this alone. Like, I'm, I'm going through it too. Yeah. We can do it together. And, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think that's that's a massive thing, you know. It's, it's that you aren't alone yeah like as, 100%. As, as alone and as you know shitty as you feel like there's always someone out there that gets it yeah they might not get your story a hundred percent like they might not have cml yeah it might not be you know depression it might not be anxiety it might not be whatever like the ideation might be there but it might not be let's crash the car it could be you know self-harming and things like that yeah so i think that's that's a massive point that you raise is that you know you're not alone and that there there is that opportunity to reach out it's so worth reaching out you honestly will feel so much better when you do Mm. and it's it sounds cliche saying that but coming from someone who's had obstacle after obstacle thrown at her the only way to get through it is with help. You can't, you can't do it alone. Yeah. I couldn't do it alone. But when you feel like you can't do it alone, you're not alone. Yeah. There are people you can go and talk to, whether it's your doctor or support helplines, um, even places like Safe Space if you're a kid or... Um, like there's a few adult versions of that. Um, which Matt has lots of places <laughs> that you can go if you ever need anything. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I think a lot of those are posted on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Yeah. And um, obviously at each at the end of each episode, I've got a few of those listed. So, you know, and even if you don't feel like reaching out to those, please send us a message, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, like reach out guys, like... Even your mates. There's often yeah. times where I didn't feel like I could talk to Matt because I didn't feel like he got it. Mm. And I'd reach out to one of my mates and go, hey, I'm not okay. Can we go for coffee? 100%. Yeah, look, and I suppose being on the other end of that, there's definitely times where I'm sitting here yeah. as as a carer and support network and sort of thing going, I have no freaking clue what to do. Yep. Like, how the hell am I going to help? Like, am I making this worse and feeling guilty because I'm going, you know, I'm more able-bodied and, you know, just that... Not survivor's guilt, obviously, because no one's passed, but that guilt of of not struggling and things in the same way. So 
I definitely understand where you're coming from in in terms of like some people just don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not all help is good help, but help is out there. So they yeah. try. That's all that matters is they care about you enough to try. Hundred percent. And listen. Sometimes all you need is someone just to listen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now I just want to take a step back and um, touch on touch on the not being able to work and yep. and things like that. Obviously, that I'd imagine would have a massive impact on mental health and ideations and things like that. Definitely. So, how did you then kind of overcome that side of, I suppose, your story and your journey? Yeah. So. With the not working, I, I did find that really hard because since I was 17, I'd, I haven't really stopped working. Even when I did have my daughter, um, I was at work the day that I went into labor and I came back six weeks after I had her. Um, so, yeah, it, it was really hard to to not be in the salon because that's all I knew mm. was the salon. Um, all my clients became my friends and family and it was really hard not seeing them absolutely um but the way that i overcame that was honestly with your help um finally having a partner who supported my dream i always had a dream to work for myself at home it's why i got into beauty when i got into beauty when i was 17 Mm. i wanted to work for myself when I wanted to work and for how long I wanted to work for. Um, So having you backing me was kind of that push that I needed when I said I wanted to do it and you went, let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) How do we do it? That's it. Um, So yeah, so then that's when Bex Beauty was born. Um, In the old garage. (laughs) Yeah, in the garage of our our first house we moved out into and... um, Started off small, very small, actually, mm. um, just with waxing. And then I kind of built up what I could do from there. Um, we moved into the other house that we were in and I had heaps more room. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I went into nails and then COVID kind of hit again and I couldn't have clients come to the house anymore. So that was the next obstacle that, that kind of was thrown at us and that's when I started doing press on nails from home mm. and sending them out to people. Yeah. I think that was a big thing. That realization of like, Oh shit. Like this is it. We, we've gone under. Yeah. It was like, like, I just opened and it, yeah, it was just becoming good. Yeah. And then COVID, COVID shut us down and. And yeah, I think tick, tick tock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tick tock was a big savior <laughs> for me. I, um, <laughs> did a lot of TikToks of me making nails and it kind of gave me one, gave me something to do and gave me my sanity back mm-hmm. because I could do stuff with my hands and I felt like I was doing something. I didn't yeah. feel like I was just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I felt like I was helping people because they couldn't go get their nails done, but I could give them pretty nails mm-hmm. and lift their spirits up as well. So I felt like I was helping other people with their mental health by giving them that bit of feminine energy again. Mm. Yeah, it really is that kind of like look good, feel good type. A hundred percent. Vibes, yeah. Yeah. Like I even had a few clients um, 
messaged me asking how to do their own eyebrows and I kind of gave them little tips and hints of what to do to kind of keep the shape there until they could come see me again without <laughs> ruining them. Yeah, I, I definitely do remember those days. Yeah. The old typing up the info packs and having yeah. no idea what the hell you were talking about. Yeah. All the while trying to type it at the same speed that your brain's like, do this and then do this and then do this. And I'm like, dude, like, no. Helping me film my TikToks of how to put them on properly and how to take them off. Mm-hmm. And then I think the website come not too soon after yeah, that. Yeah, and you made two websites. Three. Three websites because I didn't like the first two because I couldn't have Afterpay. You know, who's, who's counting? Yeah, who's counting? Um. But yeah, just again, having that support system behind me was just so important mm. for me overcoming everything that was being thrown at me when it was being thrown at me kind of all at once, it felt like. Yeah. But um, yeah. Oh, look, I'm, it, it's been one hell of a ride. Definitely. Like... It, it's been a crazy few years. <laughs> I think... We've been tested. It's it's mutual though. <laughs> I think tested. Yeah, look, tested's <laughs> definitely a word. <laughs> I don't know if it's the word, but it's a word. Um, but no, as I said, look, I generally like if we had to do it all over again, all in, let's go. Yeah. Like again, I, it's been repaid a thousand times over. Even sitting here now recording this, like. I've been pretty pretty crappy at getting this episode out there, so I do apologise to all of you out there. So, but um, thank you here to Beck. So she's been on my back for about two weeks. But who's counting? But, um, but who's counting? <laughs> but um, you know, look I, again, it's it's mutual. You know, like just just that mutuality of struggles, the mutuality of recovery, yeah, mutuality of overcoming shit that you don't see coming and yep. some of it you do see coming but it sneaks up on you so quick that you don't even realize yeah so I, I definitely appreciate you having my back and then allowing me to be a part of your journey into everything that we kind of now have and continue to grow yeah so honestly yeah. without you I wouldn't have been able to do a lot of it and without the very few friends that I do still hold close to me um you know who you are you know who you are I, I saw you last week you know who you are um even just that them calling me and telling me their issues mm. kind of puts things back into perspective for me as well going okay maybe it's not as bad as I think it is but also not minimalizing how I'm feeling either because yeah. they still listen to me, even though they're going through whatever they're going through. They still have that time of day when they are like true friends. They mm. have that time of day to listen to me, even when their life feels like it's falling apart. 100%. Yeah. And look, I think, you know, it's, it's in a perfect world. I think everyone would have someone like that. But obviously, as we know, like that isn't yeah. always the case, you know, and it's, it's, a shitty place to be for yep. those who don't but there I is think... always someone out there whether it be a doctor it doesn't have to be a friend yeah there is always someone who is willing to listen that's it and look i think i touched on it you know last last episode but it's it's a big thing for me is that i would much rather listen to all the shit 
you've got going on. I'd love to listen to the struggles. I love to listen to the ups, the downs, the positives, the negatives, the... the Highs and lows the of life. fucking everything. But, like, the flip side of not listening to all of that yep. is sitting me. at someone's funeral. Yeah. Is sitting there listening to the eulogy. It's scrolling through Facebooks and seeing, you know, the brothers and sisters and mums and dads and uncles and aunties that we've lost week to week and, and year yeah. to year and sort of thing, you know. So, yeah. it's, it's That the, enough is enough. Like, I'm here to listen. Like, I, I don't mm. know most of you who are listening. Um, but even I'm here to listen because I get it. I get that you feel like you don't have anyone to listen sometimes and you just want someone to listen. You don't necessarily want them to tell you how to deal with the situation. 100%. You just kind of need that ear, that venting system. Yeah. It's, it's that being heard. It's, yeah. it's the validation of like, yes, that is shit. Yeah. Like, I don't need you to tell me it's shit, but you know, you'll get there. Like, yeah. I don't want to get there. That's it. I just want to know that I'm allowed to feel shit. It's something that we're both very passionate about is mental health, whether it being men's mental health or mental health in general. It's mm. it's not spoken about enough and it needs to be spoken about. Which is, again, why you started this podcast because... 100%. It needs to be spoken about. Yeah. Yeah, look, it really does. But... Um... A lot more to come. I think this is just the beginning. Definitely. I mean, there, there are some things under work, sitting in the backgrounds and whatnot. So stay tuned for that. And I'll fill you everyone in on that a little bit later when, when kind of things are a little bit more when set in stone. When it comes to fruition. <laughs> a good way to put it. But no, look, honestly, I, I appreciate having you on. So is there anything you kind of want to wanna leave our listeners with last thoughts just if you are struggling reach out it's not weak to speak to someone about how you're feeling it's it's not weak to mm-hmm. admit how you're feeling 100%. like it is okay to not be okay yep like i'm not okay all the time mm. i am quite happy to admit that yeah but just seek help when you need it because that's how you're going to overcome your obstacles. Yeah. 100%. No, look, I think that's an amazing place to kind of leave things for now. Yeah. But um, hopefully I can get you back on and, and we can talk some more about some other shit. Delve cause... deeper into our, my backstory. Yeah. <laughs> more to come, guys. Pre-Matt, guys. <laughs> Pre, Pre-Matt. All right, guys, thank you all for listening and uh, hope to see you next episode. So be well, stay safe and uh, talk to you all soon. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Mental Health Unfiltered. If you've enjoyed what you've heard and want to stay up to date with more episodes, behind the scenes footage and more to come, follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Also, Don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever podcasting app you use to be alerted when new episodes arise. I'd love to hear your feedback and your ideas of what you'd like to hear us talk about. 
so feel free to message us on any of our social media platforms. Stay safe and be well. If anything you have heard on today's episode has caused any distress, or if you or anyone you know are struggling with mental health difficulties, please speak up and reach out for professional mental health support. You can call Lifeline on 131 114 Beyond Blue on 1300 224 636 or Kids Helpline on 1800 551 800.